Hello and welcome to the Mole Valley Podcast. Today we're talking wood. As timber stocks are replenished following unprecedented and prolonged demand, Mole Valley farmers Ian Hedden and M&M Timbers Managing Director Fraser Hall talk about the return to normality and advancements in wood preservation. Here's what's coming. The work that we do to forecast and secure product actually makes us unrivaled in the in the marketplace since 2013 which which was when we we launched our you know kind of incised post into the market um there's multi multiple millions of 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 stakes in the ground um with a zero reported failure rate we can look at sustainability in forestry we can actually start to look at a lot of the landowners where the raw material coming from are our farmer shareholders and our customers and if we look at the uh, the life cycle of all of these products when we bring it together we have got a very confident range that we can take to market so if this sounds like a conversation for you then please be our guest and keep listening ian fraser delighted to have you along for the mole valley podcast today how are we both doing we're doing good we're doing fine. We are in spring. We are uh, we are selling lots of timber to our, our customers at the minute, and uh, we've we've got some work to do to keep enough product in front of them. Well, that always sounds like a good situation to uh, to have. Um, as a way of introduction, let's just introduce ourselves. Um, let's start with you, Ian. Just say who you are and what you are. Okay, so my name is Ian Hedden, and I am the product manager for uh, timber and fencing for Mole Valley Farmers. I've been doing the job since 2013. And you, Fraser? Um, yeah, Fraser Hall, uh, managing director of uh, M&M Timber, um, a division of the Forest Garden Group. Um, been with the business since 2010, um, and make everything to do with timber. And you are just so that everyone is clear on this, a major supplier of timber to Mole Valley Farmers. We are, yeah. We are the largest uh, machine rounding sawmill in the UK um, and we supply Mole Valley Farmers with roughly one and a half million fencing stakes every year um, from the site here in Worcestershire. So that's where you two chaps are, up there in Worcestershire whilst we're recording. And let's just set the scene first of all, just about the current situation in terms of timber supply uh in the uk at, at present how is it looking T- timber supply in general is is good in terms of raw timber availability we're coming off the back of quite an interesting period um off obviously unprecedented demand particularly in the domestic um and construction sectors from covid um you know where a lot of people um were using sort of sawn timber sections um probably yourself you know with your garden and actually upgrading that garden over that period in time it's been been a real you know significant um prolonged demand but at the back of the summer really last year um generally that demand dropped away um so the the sort of major sawmillers throughout the UK generally have been quieter through that period than they perhaps would be in a, in a, in a normal year so a lot of the power stations um, in the UK, uh, a lot of biomass units, a lot of um, pellets are, are all actually produced from a lot of the residues that these sawmills would would create when making these products, which could be in chip or sawdust. Um, and that downturn in their manufacturing as that demand has dropped away has ultimately brought less of those kind of natural residues um, to the market. So... But the power stations still need fuel um, and people still need, you know, fuel for their biomass burners. So 
that's that has really been put a lot of pressure on kind of small roundwood um, availability um, as if you take the tree, effectively, the closer you get to the top, um, you get closer to chipwood and fencing is often the next cut down. So, you know, naturally in the world of e- economics, as, as the price of the top um, of, of the food chain goes up, it, it falls down, you know. So there has been some pressure on perhaps the inflationary side, but actually raw material um, is is generally, you know, um, heavily or, or well um widely available um currently in in the uk um uh, we would we would generally take in about sort of 25 to 30 arctic loads a week here um at the site um every week to to keep on top of demand ian from your perspective in terms of selling timber out there to customers there's obviously a good supply into the market should people need it absolutely yes so from a homegrown market uh, and our brand of shield fencing stakes, uh, we are in a very, very strong position. Uh, the partnership relationship we have with M&M Timber, the work that we do to forecast and secure product actually makes us unrivaled in the in the marketplace. Um, but actually, when you look at the marketplace, there are other factors. There are other opportunities um, for stake products or for fencing uh, stake material uh, and actually a, a lot of that product would would naturally be sourced from uh, from European source uh, but we've actually seen a, a real tightening up of traditionally Belarusian uh, redwood uh, timbers uh, coming across because of course uh, Belarusia and the situation with the with the Ukraine war the supply pretty much has been closed for European redwood supply from Belarusia. And of course, that is starting to put more demands on the UK homegrown market as well. And what is really important for us as an absolute key partner uh, working with M&M Timber is that we are securing product where others aren't. Excellent. And we'll get on to that and about Shield and its warranty, about the UK homegrown product of it. We'll go further into the supply situation in Europe as we go on in this podcast if those are things that you're looking listening out for we've got you covered off you're going to find out more about those kind of things so let's just take a step back in time first of all though back to 2006 and there there were some industry treatment changes weren't there going on Fraser yeah so um the preservative um that was being used widely in timber preservation um in the uk it still is used um in in certain areas around the world but it was it was banned um back in 2006 and it was a preservative um referred to as cca um and that was almost kind of um you know purely off the back of the the the, the main three ingredients which were copper chrome and arsenic um and obviously chrome is pretty toxic uh, and so is arsenic um, so the HSC actually banned that for, for use in the UK um, in 2006. And without getting too technical, um, the product was, had been used for you know, hundreds of years. The chrome was um, actually a very good fixative of the chemical into the, the cells within the timber. And the arsenic, um, outside of termites, which of course aren't, aren't native um, in the UK, but it, it had strong weathering properties as well. So in terms of prolonging the sort of aesthetics and longevity of, of the visual side of the timber. Copper has and continues to be the main preserving agent in the, as, as the active kind of biocide in there. But all the other nasties were effectively taken away because they were deemed unsafe. So 
the industry had a fundamental shift in, in the base product and preservative that was available to the market at that point in time. Um, and, you know, as as an industry, you, the industry didn't necessarily at the time change, you know, kind of the modus operandi, if you like, as to how this chemical was applied and how it was used. It was it was deemed to be a substitute. Um, and I joined uh, the industry in 2010, as I, as I mentioned previously, um, and that was a quite um, a stormy period, um, particularly what what the industry was finding was actually some of these timbers that had been treated with the more modern with with this new safer modern preservative were actually starting to show some signs of premature failure so within that sort of 3 4 5 year period um fencing stakes timbers that were had been pressure treated were showing significant signs of failure and that was something that the the industry, the end user, the consumer hadn't seen before because that didn't really happen with CCA as as a chemical. So, um, not the not the greatest time to join the industry, um, but actually, you know, the industry really and and particularly we as a business, you know, really had to then start to un- delve and understand why this was happening, what's different. Um, and there was a number of, of, of reasons and a number of kind of things that we then had to do as a business to prolong this life of timber further than what we were, were seeing. And, and again, we can we can drill into that in, in some more detail um, as, as, as we go on. But fundamentally, at that point in time, it was clear that the two preservatives had to be applied in a different manner. You know, the CCA um, was was applied via pressure treatment. The conditioning of the timber prior to that was never really pushed as 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 a major factor as to how effective that 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 those timbers would last. Um, clearly, with with the modern preservatives, it was much more imperative, or it is much more imperative, um, how we condition and process the timbers prior to that actual process itself. That probably explains a lot to people who at that time may have experienced some failures from it. And for for you, Ian, now. You know, do you think that there is real confidence in the supply of wood and how it's been treated and the longevity of uh, the timbers that we're supplying? I think there's a very important message here is that actually when we go back to when we launched the Shield range in 2014, that that product was there to replace the replacement for CCA. And I think while we may still have some confusion in the marketplace we know that we have got a proven product in the field today. And I believe that the confidence now is is growing. We're so confident with that product that in a warranty situation, should you get a failure, then we will actually replace that product like for like, and we will actually give you a contribution back to actually reinstall or your contractor uh, rates to put that product back into the ground. And to date, we have no recorded failures. The confidence in this product as a homegrown product is uh, is a very clear, a very important message. We can also look at um, we can look at sustainability in forestry. We can actually start to look at a lot of the landowners where the raw material coming from are our farmer shareholders and our customers. And if we look at the uh, the life cycle of all of these products when we bring it together, we have got a very confident range that we can take to market. So basically, Ian, you're saying that the, the warranty's there. You've not had anybody come back and, and question that. You can show the sustainability. You can show where it's coming from. You know, what's not to like about all of that? 
Absolutely. To date, uh, Fraser, I think between you and I, we've sold probably 11 or 12 million steaks. Yes, yeah, since since birthing the the incising, so talked about the processing of the product and incising was a again a technique that had been used for for, for hundreds of years, actually quite widely used over in the states, um, but hadn't ever really been adopted from sawn sort of section, so square section timbers into round timber, uh, and that was a big technological advancement in terms of actually having a machine that could um, put incisions into a rounded piece of timber. Uh, and that all of a sudden made spruce, which is the most commercially kind of grown and harvested product for construction or for fencing in the UK. It made it a viable option to add longevity and actually treat to give it, um, you know, a, a, a suitable service life, um, which within uh, the British standard BSA four one seven is is fifteen years. So incising came came around in in twenty thirteen. We installed our first incisor machine in, in April of 2013. At the same time, I talked previously about understanding kind of the conditioning side of, of timber and, and the moisture content is very, very important to the process. Uh, the chemical itself is a water-based preservative. It's a concentrate of, of, of chemical added to X amount of parts of water to give you a concentration strength. So if you take an analogy of a sponge or at a saturated level, if, the, if that sponge is, is full of water, no matter how long you leave it in there, water won't displace it, it will stay full. If you take all the moisture out of that out of that sponge and put it back into that pot, it will start to take on and soak up that moisture. And timber behaves in, in well, there's a lot of similarities in the way that timber behaves, particularly in, in redwood species such as pine. Spruce is a little different. It's a little bit more difficult to drive and, and, and get that sort of um, the, the preservative into the cells. And that's where incising helps open up that surface area. So absolutely kind of game changes in the sense of understanding the moisture content requirements for, for both redwood and for spruce. And also that, that real kind of finite process of incising. That really then started to give us the ability to get absolute consistency in the in the batch sampling that we were that we were doing, um, and as Ian as Ian said, ultimately since twenty thirteen, which which was when we we launched our you know kind of incised post into the market, um, there's multi multiple millions of of, of stakes in the ground um, with a zero reported failure rate, which. You know, if you take that message and look at where we were as an industry back in 2010, that's pretty compelling. You know, that's that's now showing proven results. And, you know, I often say, you know, you, you will never prevent rot. Rot is inevitable. We can only delay it. And what we're trying to do is move that failure rate as far back down the years. If you've got a graph there with your kind of year's service on the bottom, you want to have that failure rate kicking in as far down that as possible. And particularly within the British standard, they're looking for a service life of, 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 of 15 years as, as, as a base minimum, effectively. So that, that shows kind of that journey. And actually now, as, as, as Ian quite rightly said, proven results out there. And, and we should take confidence in that, considering where we were getting, you know, timber posts failing in two, three and four years in those very early stages. Um, so, you know, the, the, the advancements in technology, the understanding of the modern preservative and how that has to be applied differently to the, to the um, you know, the, the historic CCA and then how actually that impacts performance. But then 
also seeing that physical performance in the field actively out there in a in a robust nature and you know there'd be stakes in the ground from um you know the 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 south coast right the way up into scotland across that period of time so that for me is is very positive um and a real strong message yeah i mean that's going to give people plenty of confidence isn't it knowing that this current way of preserving wood is doing it is doing the job and is proven to be the case in the ground and the fact ian that you know this is a UK homegrown product to celebrate is also another positive, isn't it? As our business is a national business, as as, as Fraser says, you know, we have got product in the ground uh, from the tips of Cornwall right up into Scotland. Um, and we're very proud of this product. I'm very proud of this product, something I've been involved in since the, the infancy of my career within Mole Valley Farmers. Um, and um, yeah, we're very, very pleased, very, very proud of what we can do. But but also, in addition to all of this, is the robust supply chain and the performance that we're getting from M&M Timber. It does give our customers confidence in product, but also confidence that the product is available when he needs it. Not something that all um, of our competitors out there can boast today. So we are very pleased and very proud of our shield range. I think just on uh, on, on the point you make around that homegrown nature, you know, as you said, this is this is UK sourced. It's grown specifically for commercial uses. So these are plantations, almost crop cycles, particularly with spruce, you're talking about 40 years of growth to maturity. And the beauty within the forest group itself, which is, as I said earlier, you know, M&M sit as, as a division, we have that vertical supply chain. We have a sawmill up in, in Lockerbie where we can take timber in. We can, we can bring that timber south into, into Worcestershire. And we would be taking timber every week from you know, the southwest, the southeast into Scotland. So again, using all of those kind of supply chains to bring base material in, you know, in its rawest form, cut cut to a length with bark on. And obviously from that, we then have the various stages of manufacture. So, you know, it's proud, proud to be kind of British source, British manufactured. And in a time where, as, as Ian touched upon with, with the conflict and with the impact of the wider supply chains, um, you know, we have absolute control end to end through the partnership of providing uh, timber uh, when the customer really needs it. And confidence and security of supply is going to become an increasingly uh, buzzword, isn't it, for, for lots of different sectors, which we won't get into now. Um, but in terms of that, you know, that wider current supply situation then in Europe for timber, what, what does that look like? It's very bleak. Um Again, Ian touched earlier on on that sort of that 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 Baltic block, if you like, as always being a means for a lot of timber um, coming across on boats into the UK, particularly for fencing, and that's been a, happening for you know again decades. It's generally been a place of plentiful supply. The trees grow uh, in a, a sort of a, a relatively cold climate. They they grow relatively straight. There's 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 little taper, so the base product is generally generally quite good, um, but because of the sanctions in place, because of the conflict, you know, all of that base material was coming out of Belarus. Uh, all of it was manufactured in Belarus. And as we know, that has completely stopped. Um, it took a while for that to flush through the supply chain for stock that, that was in there. But we, we, we now are seeing clear indications that, that that has completely now dried up. Um, and, you know, it doesn't look like that's going to kind of return anytime soon. So, you know, it's not a case of, how much is it going to cost me to bring that over because the product isn't available in the first place. So all of that 
you know, kind of demand that was being serviced from those areas is now being channeled back directly into a homegrown alternative. And, and that's where Shield particularly comes in as, as a staple kind of well-known brand and a proven brand within that as well. And so for people who are listening and thinking about timber supply, actually, this is a good time of year, isn't it, to uh, be thinking about doing some fencing work and getting this into the ground now. So, um, Ian, you'd be recommending that, that people come and drop your line or get in touch with their local store. Get, get, get in touch. Um, there are many things going on within the industry at the minute particularly if we look at the current stewardship uh, grant situation coming from central government. There have been some recent changes um, to that scheme where actually caps have been removed and installation times have actually uh, been increased as well. So the demand for our timber right now is at an all-time high. So get in touch. We are confident with the product. We are confident with the supply. And uh, is there a final word from you, Fraser, about uh, the current situation? Yeah, I think that it's it's imperative we we continue to 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 source um, the material. Um, we are you know kind of proud to partner with Mole Valley. It's been a real successful journey, one of ensuring fulfilment, ensuring the right product is on the shelves at all times, um, and even in times such as now where the supply chain is volatile, the supply chain is is hampered ensuring that continuity of supply into Mole Valley is, is an absolute business critical priority for me. Um, and, you know, whilst it will be an interesting 12 months, 24 months, we don't know kind of how that political and, you know, kind of conflict, um, you know, the background will play out. But ultimately, homegrown timber is there. Um, and it's I think it's going to be, you know, a very similar situation to what we find ourselves in at the moment for for the next couple of years at the very least. So... Um, yeah, have confidence, you know, take confidence as, as an industry as to how far we've come from, you know, the, 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 the transition between um, chemical changes um, and the proof is in the pudding. If, if you process and condition the timber, you get results and we've got that now um, across that data set. Excellent. Fraser, thank you ever so much. Ian, anything else from you before uh, we depart today? I've just come and buy our timber. We are very, very proud of it. <laughs> as uh, as clear as that, absolutely. Wonderful. Fraser, Ian, thank you ever so much for joining us on the Mole Valley podcast today. Thank you. Thanks ever so much for listening. If you'd like to check out our back catalogue or make sure you don't miss out on any further episodes of the Mole Valley podcast, then please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us today. If you'd like to find out more about Mole Valley, then visit moleonline.com. That's M-O-L-E online.com. And until next time, I'll speak to you soon.